politicians and therefore he's taking some quite big bets on gold as a protection against inflation. But what about digital gold? uh, Cryptocurrencies. Um, And he's saying that cryptocurrencies are a bubble that will eventually prove worthless. Uh, And uh, you see lots of people commenting on this and calling him a dinosaur and saying that he's way out of touch and way out of date. Simone Songomalo at Old Mutual Investment Group, are you in support of Paulson on this or are you in support of the new kids on the block who believe crypto is, in fact, the digital gold? It's what Bitcoin's sitting at $50,000 once again, but Paulson's not buying it, not for a moment. What an opening question, Bruce. I mean, I think... When we talk Paulson, you rightly said that Paulson bet on the mortgage subprime in 2007, 2008, and was spectacularly right. He made a couple of billions uh, for himself and his clients, and he was brilliant. But in about 2011 or so, mm-hmm. the same John Paulson made a massive bet on gold, which now he is reiterating the story. And he is, that, that gold bet that he had made back then, for the same reasons, um, that he's talking about now, actually he's reiterating that same thing. And actually that hasn't worked out well for him. He lost quite a lot of clients um, on that bet. So it's been a decade, but he's still sticking to his guns. So yes, we are, we are not sure. One swallow doth not a summer make, as we've learned in South Africa this week. It's been bitterly cold across the country. Uh, and certainly one enormous win on a stock uh, uh, on global markets doesn't make you a genius either. So I don't know if Paulson's right or wrong, uh, but hey, we, we put his views out there. Our currency is staging quite a remarkable comeback. 2% better off against the dollar just today. Um, it, it's been quite an astonishing bounce in the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, our, our currency, I mean, so it's relative to last year. Our currency has actually been fairly strong. Um, and then again, it, it, it's all about the case for South Africa. And we saw some of that coming through in some of the results we're going to talk about, Bruce. Because if you look at South Africa's, if you, if you think about the search for yield, uh, when we say the search for yield, all investors do, investors scour the market um, and they scour different asset classes and they say, well, where can I get a return? If you think about South Africa's, 10-year government bond, you're getting about 9% return. If you think about money that you get in cash, if you put your money in a bank and look at cash, maybe you're getting about 3%. Inflation is around 4% or so in South Africa. Now, if you compare the return of 9% on our South African government bonds um, relative to what you're getting in global markets, South Africa is looking attractive. So this is why it's not a surprise um, that actually we keep seeing the RAND coming back towards strength because money is attractive to returns and South Africa is offering um, attractive returns relative to where else you can put your money, especially as questions get raised in, in tech and all these other global investments that have been a safe haven so far. And as those start coming off, the market is looking and saying, hey, wait a minute, this investing in South Africa is proving to have a, a healthy return. And that's not too bad. But I saw today the bond market. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing the yields dropping quite sharply on South Africa's bond market. Surprisingly enough, yes, and and it's for the same reason, Bruce. Is that I think the market is starting to actually look at South Africa from the perspective of risk and saying, well, am I being compensated for the risk I'm taking um, in South Africa? So you can take your money, you can put it in Europe, Japan, America. In fact, in those regions, especially in Europe and Japan, you're probably going to have to pay. Um, to keep your money um, in a bank because 
of, of the yields you are getting there. But in fact, I mean, this is actually a phenomenal yield that you are getting. And so, therefore, on a real basis, actually, it makes sense. Now, so that might have some risks uh, or perceived risks attached to it in terms of our currency and our country and the debt to GDP. But at 9%, yeah, actually, I think that's, that's fairly reflected in the price. And so now the world is saying, yeah, maybe we agree with you. This is not a bad place to invest in. And then we look at some of the results and we actually start seeing some pretty good performances coming through. Perhaps the best on the day was Supergroup. Yes, Bruce. Now, Supergroup is a fantastic for that consortium. Supergroup is a logistics um, and dealership so, so cars, but they also move goods around. And now this result was particularly um, really great. Now, I'm loving this result because our clients are owners of Supergroup. And we saw Supergroup re- re- revenue. Now, remember, this is up to a year to 30 June 2021. Um, and so this has been a tough year with several lockdowns. Revenue was up 14%. Operating profit was up 44%. Headline earnings were up 88%. Um, and then for the first time in a decade, balance sheet was healthy. And after management has done a staggering job of the last decade, um, they declared a dividend. Um, and that excited the market and we saw the, the stock up pleasingly. And when you read the results and you listen to what management is communicating in these particular results, management is talking about, yes, it's been a hard year, but management is also talking about, hey, we've made some decisions. Um, and I think, Bruce, this is the, the thing about great management. Great management is not a victim to its environment. Um, they sit there and they've made decisions. They've made decisions on costs. They've made decisions on where to allocate their capital. They've made decisions on actually, especially in Supergroup, of buying some attractive assets, which they deem to be at good prices. And so I think management here over the last decade has done an astonishing job. Um, and we can see that in the results. But as, Bruce, as we talk about hard times, hard times provide clarity. And we can see it in Supergroup. But actually, if we go further in other companies, I mean, talk about this Nigeria, listen to your previous conversation. And I sit there and I say, hey, you know, suddenly we think South African companies who are now going through hard times, challenged balance sheets, challenged priorities, and suddenly companies have got to sit there and say, where best do we allocate our capital? Um, where is the good return? And I think companies are realizing that as much as a decade ago or so, Africa was the story. Everyone wanted to go, mass market wanted to go to Africa. Shop writers going to Africa. Everyone's deploying capital. It's proven that it's really difficult. And so with COVID, with a crisis, with management having to make some real trade-offs and some tough decisions, we've seen some of those decisions be reversed. And actually, some of them, that's the right call. And we've seen ShopRite actually do exceptionally well by focusing on South Africa, innovating in South Africa, um, rather than, I think, spending a lot of time um, trying to get Nigeria off the ground. And that's paying off for them. And so the others Sun, are following suit. Yeah, Sun International one time had big plans for a big casino complex in Nigeria and beachfront <clears> properties and all sorts of things. And Sun International's results today, still making a small loss, I think about four or seven million rand loss versus hundreds of yeah. millions previously. Again, it's about the, the dreadful trade-off of saying, hold on a second, sustainability of the business and some jobs yeah. at the cost of many others. Um, and, and unfortunately, yeah. Sun International's had to go through that process too. Yeah. I mean, Bruce, at, at the end of the day, um, businesses go through various cycles and management has got to make decisions in terms of actually what do we do in these various cycles. And, 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 and at the end of the day, crises provide an opportunity to focus, 
refocus and start anew. And we look at Sun International's results. I mean, Sun International is a gaming and, I suppose, hospitality or hotels and resorts. Um, and that is probably these businesses, as, long as, and as well as property companies, these are the ones that have been suffered the most um, out of COVID and lockdowns and alcohol bans. And so here, we again, these are really tough. So we've seen an improvement. But again, you've got to compare these results relative to the results prior to COVID. And these results are still very far away um, from the optimal results. So here, there's a lot more to go. But again, the price you're paying um, for these assets actually isn't asking for too much. In fact, Bruce, if you sit down and calculate the cost of building a hotel in Cape Town or Johannesburg, um, buying some international Soho hotels, um, those businesses, it might be cheaper to buy. Um, those businesses listed on the exchange than to build a hotel. And so that should tell you something about whether or not there's value in the sector. Sibunizo Ngumalo, thank you very much. Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield.